Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. One of my favorite things as a critic was finding books by new writers who possessed a distinctive voice and vision, an inventive voice for storytelling. I also loved immersing myself in works of nonfiction that taught me something about the world, that made the past come alive or shed light on hiding corners of history or the news. Machiko Katutani. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And this week, I'm joined by bookshelf manager Olivia Schaefer and online sales coordinator Lucy Stolzfus. Today, we're talking all about holiday book buying and sharing our favorite titles for gifting this season. Hi, guys. Hello. This week's episode that's running was recorded pre-election. We're recording this Wednesday after election, but nothing has happened yet. So I feel like all of our podcast episodes are going to be so weird in tone because (laughs) because (laughs) we have no concept of when people will be listening to them, like what will be going on in the world. So if you're listening to this and you're like, why are they having so much fun? Well, because we don't know what the future holds. I just feel like I need to preface that because I recorded last week's episode and was like, oh, that's what people will listen to during election week. And that was pre-everything. Now we're in the middle of everything, but people won't listen to it until after everything. It's just a mess. Oh, so, my goodness. So there's my disclaimer, I guess. We're going to do this round robin style like we used to do new release Tuesday conversations on Patreon. So, Lucy, why don't you kick us off with a holiday book you're recommending? Okay. I'm going to come right out the gate with my favorite book, I think, of the year which is Perestroika in Paris by Jane Smiley, who wrote A Thousand Acres, which I never read, but I want to now. It is released, I think, on December 1st, but you can pre-order it from us. And it is just this sweet story. The main characters are a horse, a German short-haired pointer dog, two ducks, a raven, and two rats. (laughs) and there's also a little boy and like a very 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 old uh woman his great grandmother and it's just so sweet they they are in it's this horse that is a racehorse and she she's a a filly but she's about to be a mare i guess she's like two years old or something like that and she escapes from her pen in the racetrack outside of Paris and she like decides to explore because she's a very curious filly and she meets this dog who is like (laughs) he used to be the dog of a homeless man who would like busk in and around Paris and he passed away and so now she's on her own and they make friends and it's just and then they make friends with this little boy it's just too sweet it's beautifully written it's heartwarming it's fun I can't imagine who I wouldn't give this book to. I have like three or four people on my gift list who I want to give it to. So, I mean, probably more for a woman than a man, but I would just highly, highly, highly recommend this. Perestroika in Paris. That's her name. The horse's name is Perestroika. 
That sounds delightful. Although, to be honest, also, I don't know the last time I've read a book with like animal protagonists. Like, I know. I, yeah. <laughs> and you, you are like, I don't know if she can do this, but you never like question it. You just are along for the ride. And they're so cute. Their inner voices are so sweet and they act like the animal that they are. And you, you're just there with them. It's, she makes it work. Okay. I'm intrigued. I you've talked about that one a lot the last I don't know couple of weeks, and so I've I've got it on my own list too. It sounds really good. Olivia, what about you? Okay, uh, the book that I'm going to start with is "The Devil in the Dark Water" by Stuart Turton. I feel like last year I pushed his other his first mystery, "The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle," and this Christmas I'm pushing this one. But this is if the Pirates of the Caribbean met Sherlock Holmes. Um, so it was really right in my sweet spot, I will say. But this is about a ship that essentially is running from this curse. And the only person who can solve it is this Sherlock Holmes character who is like currently being held as a prisoner in like the very bottom of the ship. So he can't do anything. But his Watson, his like counterpart, is like out and about in the ship and trying to figure it out. It was so well done. It was so much fun. The ending threw me for a loop, but it was just so good. I loved every second of it. You're all in on Stuart Turton. Now. I think I might be. I, I yeah. love his plots. They're they're complicated, but not overly so where it's hard to follow. It's mm-hmm. it's just the right amount to pull your interest. Mine is primarily for a female reader, I think. I really do recommend this book for pretty much any woman on your holiday gift buying list. Mine is a poetry collection called What Kind of Woman? This is by debut author Kate Bear. Though you might recognize her, she's published, and I think Instagram really loves Kate Bear. I have followed her for years, but she posts a lot of her poetry online. And I think even this fall, as we've watched her book creep closer and closer to debuting, she has been, I think in like, I want to say Vogue magazine, something Mm -hmm. like I feel like people are really discovering her and championing her work. And I'm here for it because I really do like what she does. And I just highly recommend it. So the collection is called What Kind of Woman? What I like about it is even if you are not a big poetry fan, I still think you will find something to love about this book. It's divided into three sections, which I think more or less corresponds to different stages in a woman's life. And I'd like to say, like, even though I am not a mom, the section on motherhood has poetry that I find to be beautiful. So you don't have to be in any of these stages to find the poetry to be meaningful. So I think the first section is about being a young woman and maybe coming of age. The second section is about falling in love and getting married. And then the third section is about motherhood. I found so many of the poems to be really touching. I meant to read this book, like savor it one poem at a time. And instead, I really devoured it and kind of sat and read the whole thing (laughs) in one sitting just because I adored it so much. But it's the kind of book you'll keep on your shelves for years and you'll pick it up and flip through it and read a poem or two. I also like that this is a paperback original. So 
to me, sometimes with gift buying, you don't, I don't know, I always want to give a hardback as a gift because I think it makes a really beautiful presentation. But this also makes it that you can give this to literally everyone you know, because it is it is excessively priced. And I feel like you could give it to your sister-in-law, your mom, your cousin, your best friend. I think it can be a great shower gift. So anyway, it's called What Kind of Woman by Kate Bear. Okay, next for me is a book called Accidentally Wes Anderson. I don't know if you guys followed this account on Instagram before, but yes, um, yes so it's this account on <laughs> Instagram. So <laughs> I submitted a picture to them once and they did not use it. Rude. It is moment rude. of silence. It, is, <laughs> it was a good picture. It was in Marseille. Anyway, <laughs> so it's pictures of buildings around the world and usually buildings, sometimes like interiors that look like they're from a uh, Wes Anderson movie. And so they're all kind of quirky and fun and interesting colors. And then what makes it super interesting, other than it's beautiful to look at, is that they do research on each of the buildings or the places that they have a picture of. And they tell you the history of that place. And it's three or four paragraphs, super accessible to pick up and put down around the holidays. This is probably good for somebody who's interested in travel or your super hip niece or nephew or younger sibling who, <laughs> you know, loves Wes Anderson, I guess. Um, so really a beautiful book. The, the first book that this man has published, it's usually an Instagram account. So accidentally Wes Anderson. The book is really beautiful. <laughs> I have one on hold because I know I'm going to give it as a gift, but I can't figure out to who. <laughs> You've got to uh, narrow it down. Did I steal one? Did I steal your, were you going to talk oh, about no, it? No, I have like four I'm debating between right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, You're Olivia, good. your turn. Okay. My next book is Crossings by Alex Landrigan. Um, I've talked about this one a little bit before, but I just think it'll be such a good Christmas gift because there's so much crossover appeal to it. And I feel like I sounded like Ben Wyatt right then. I meant to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this is like, at its heart, it's this epic love story of these two people chasing each other through like hundreds of years. At its face, it's almost like this fun fantasy, uh, read it your own risk type book. Uh, And you can read it two different ways. You can read it, obviously, the traditional way, front to back. I did not read it that way. So I'm not sure how it would read that way. But I read it, there's another way called the Baroness's Sequence. And that they give you a sequence to follow, like, kind of like in the Goosebumps, when you got to flip around from chapter to chapter and like, make your own story. Um, It's like that, but you don't get choices in it. But I read it that way and I loved it that way because it really propelled you. The book is made out of three separate stories and it kind of leads you through those three stories in this connecting tale. I thought it was so beautiful and I really think so many people will love it. I just think it's not talked about a lot. I'm glad you mentioned that one because it released oh, a few months ago, right? Yeah. And and I feel like it's one of those books that may have gotten lost in the pandemic shuffle. Like I just... Yeah. Uh, That's you what read I was it. Too. Yeah. You read it. Then Allison, didn't Allison from Fabled Bookshop Fabled. read it? Yeah. Yes. We Instagrammed about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she read it and really liked it. And so I, and it's got this really gorgeous cover. So I think it's got an audience, but it needs to find its audience. It was so unique. And I think 
like we had a customer come in the other day and he was just like, he wanted something that was like, he wasn't, a, he didn't read a lot and he used to, but he wanted to get back into it. So he wanted something that would just sweep him away. And had we had this in stock, <laughs> would have been what I sold him. But <laughs> I okay, hate so when that happens, when you're like, I know, I know the perfect book for you and I don't have it. It happened to me yesterday with a kid in the shop. And I think that's the hard part about holidays yeah. but that's why it's good to have a good stack like to remember i will say i did find like him a different book <laughs> <laughs> good i job. think you'll love it but <laughs> you didn't kick you didn't kick him out without buying anything <laughs> sorry sir you're gonna have to go now <laughs> okay mine is i think a little bit maybe less adventurous but i was thinking about all of the people who still and i don't know two years later still come in the bookstore asking for the next where the crawdads sing like I just (laughs) feel like we still get and I don't know if that's because of where we're located and the fact that Delia has a local connection but I honestly think it's because for a lot of readers where the crawdads sing was the book that like maybe got them back into reading or the book that made them like reading again I don't I don't Mm -hmm. know it just feels like that book really connected with a lot of people Mm -hmm. in a way where they are still coming in the store looking for the next Crawdads book, which I'm not sure exists because as we have talked about as a staff, where the Crawdads thing is like three different styles of books in one. Like you've got a mystery. So did you like it because of the mystery? Did you like it because of the nature writing? Did you like it because of the character building? Like there's a lot of questions I feel like you have to ask a reader. But I was thinking the other day because a woman came in asking kind of that same question and I really was racking my brain. Like what could I sell? And I thought about the new book by Asha Lemmy. But what I wound up selling and what I think I think could be accessible, um, but still a beautiful literary book for the year that I adored is The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. This is a book that I, as you both know, loved. Like it'll be in my top 10 of the year, probably definitely my top two of the year. Um, I really like this book, but I was thinking it's also really accessible and for various kinds of readers. Like I think it's got beautiful character building. The two protagonists at the heart of the book are twin sisters. One is a black woman who is very light-skinned and chooses to live her life as a white woman. And one is a black woman who chooses to live her life as a black woman. And it follows them through the years. And so I think if you liked Crawdads because of the character building, I think this is certainly, this will certainly scratch that itch. I also think this book has a deep sense of place, whether you are in the South, where one of the sisters kind of remains throughout her whole life, or in California, where the other sister kind of finds herself. So the setting is really beautiful. There are also lots of different side characters. It's a quiet book, but never in a dull way to me. There's a lot happening. You desperately want to find out if these sisters kind of reconnect and rekindle their relationship. I adored this book when I very first read it. It was very popular amongst, I feel like, readers and the internet. The cover is beautiful. But I'm thinking for people who are shopping in bookstores this holiday season, because this book released this summer, I don't know if it's one that's going to be at the forefront of people's minds. And as I was talking to this particular woman in the store, I thought, oh, like this is an easy hand sell and great. Truly, I can think I think it's like Lucy was talking about with the her first book. Like I think it's just one that you could hand to almost anybody and I think they would enjoy it and get something out of it, which I think was the the reason so many people loved Delia Owen's book. So uh, The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. Okay, here's for something for your dad. <laughs> 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 we need something for our dads, right? 
I'm, I'm going to break the rules and do two real quick because <laughs> what I actually am getting for my dad, and he doesn't listen to podcasts, so I can say this, is that cute little book by John Cleese about creativity. Yes, that book is oh, so great. Yeah. Because my dad has been, he's like, he's well past retirement age, but he's not retired yet. He's about to be. But he has been writing all these poems for my son. <laughs> and they're so cute. And he's like accessing his creative side the, the more he, more time he has. Um, oh. And so, yes, I know. Isn't it cute? Okay, so that's what I'm getting for my dad. But what you should get for your dad, <laughs> if he's not a poet, poetry writer, is The Zealot and the Emancipator. If your dad likes history, and specifically American history, it's H.W. Brands, who is a historian, writing about John Brown and Abraham Lincoln and how, and their two different approaches to combating slavery in American history. Just really well-written, super interesting. Zach and I were just in Harper's Ferry, West Virginia this past weekend, which is where John Brown made his stand. So really fantastic book for lovers of history in general, but especially American history. My next book is one I just read this weekend and was so upset that I didn't read it earlier than this weekend. <laughs> uh, but this was Piranesi by Susanna Clark. You wrote Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, which I did not read. Oh, thank you. I could mm -hmm. not remember the other book she wrote. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Full circle. I was like, this woman's name is familiar to me. That's why. Yeah. It was, it was so well done. This was a book essentially around uh, the whole Minotaur myth where he's lost in this labyrinth that supposedly holds like uh, some sort of great knowledge that'll free the world of some sort. Uh, but Piranesi is this ordinary man who gets tricked into this labyrinth by this man that he calls the other because he's kind of forgotten his whole human life. And He's stuck in this labyrinth, but this labyrinth is beautiful. It's this huge, like infinite building made of classical like ballrooms, essentially. And Piranesi has mapped out the labyrinth to the extent that he can. Like every room is filled with these beautiful statues. And he's learned how to like read the statues in order to find fortunes through them and, and make predictions and the labyrinth has this tie that rises up through the floors and he learned, he measured out the length of the tide. So he knows like all these hidden beauties to the labyrinth. But then he starts to realize that there might be a third person in the labyrinth and he goes and search for that person, even though the other, the other person who's in there with him is telling him that if he meets this person, he'll go mad, but he just can't help himself. It was so beautifully done. It's it's separated into larger portions, but then within that is Piranesi's journal entries. And you you find him at the start of kind of when he's realizing that there's a third person in the labyrinth, but the way he numbers his years isn't just like 2020, 2021. It kind of changed once he lost his memory of the human world. So like the year that the book is taking place in, he calls the year the albatross came to the southwestern halls. And the way he, I think it's just so beautifully written and so beautifully done. I think anyone who loved Madeline Miller's works, like Circe and Song of Achilles, would love this. I also think uh, fans of Aaron Mor Morgenstern would love this, especially people who loved uh, The Starless Sea with those fables that she came up with. I think they'll love that within this as well. 
this does sound like the perfect book for you. And I am surprised that we didn't, but I actually not surprised. Like, I think the pandemic has made us not discover things on time. Does that make sense? I feel like like we're catching up, playing some catch up. And I think I've had to be really selective about what I do read. So it's just narrowed out books that I would just read for fun. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you got to read one for fun this oh, weekend. so good. Okay. My next one is Ex Libris by Michiko Kakutani. So she is a former book critic for the New York Times. This is one of those, I feel like every holiday season, there are at minimum two to four like books for book lovers. Like I think publishers know we can sell this. Like we can sell this to booksellers and booksellers can then turn it around, turn around and sell it to just people who like books. Because sometimes what happens is somebody comes to the bookshelf looking for a book that they can just give their avid reader uh, you know, relative without really knowing anything about what their relative likes. So they come in, they know their niece is an avid reader, but they have no idea what she's read or why she's liked any of it. Uh, and so I think that's what these kind of books about books are for. You know, the, there are books maybe with pictures of bookstores. I feel like that was a popular one a couple years ago or ideal bookshelf uh, with the Jane Mount illustrations. So anyway, there's a book like this every year at minimum, I think two to four. Ex Libris, what I really like about it is it's a gorgeous, striking cover. So it's got immediate giftable appeal. But after flipping through it, so I, as a bookseller, like purchased it from the catalog based on the cover, based on the description. But then we got it in stock. And I love it because it is so richly detailed. Machiko Kakutani has written Um, And I think many of them are pulled from her New York Times book columns. Um, But she has pulled kind of her favorite books over the last, I don't know, decade or so, maybe maybe more than that, Um, because some of the books are classics um, that you will definitely have heard of before. And then some of them are what I would call new classics, like Americana, where it's got a beautiful illustration of the cover of Americana and then a wonderfully written essay about it. So I love Ex Libris because it's not just a pretty book you can keep on your shelf. I think it's actually useful. Like I think it's something that a book lover would use either to boost their reading list, like to add to their TBR list or to just keep on hand so that maybe let's say you finish Americana and there's nobody to talk about it with. Well, you can go to Kakutani's work and read her essay and find out what she thought. And so I really like this idea that you could use this book both to boost your TBR list, but also to enhance your reading life, like just enhance what you're already reading. So beautiful book cover, a great little hardback giftable book. I think it's the perfect size too. It's not like a giant coffee table book. It really will just reside on your shelf with your other titles, but also really useful. I can see hand selling this to a wide range of readers this holiday season. So it's called Ex Libris by Michiko Kakutani. Um, okay. I hesitated to recommend this one widely because I loved it so much, but I it's very stylized. So I didn't know how many other people would like it. I did choose it as my October shelf subscription. And I got an email from, from someone who got it. She was a surprise me. She got it and she was like, I love this book so much. I finished it in two days. It was incredible. And so I kind of had that like moment of relief where I was like, oh, yes. okay. <laughs> People didn't hate it. Um, <laughs> so it's, uh, I loved it so much. It's called Cuyahoga. I'm going to spell it for you now. <laughs> 
C-U-Y-A-H-O-G-A, Cuyahoga, um, which is the name of the river that separates Cleveland and Ohio City. I grew up in Cleveland, which is why when I saw the title of the book, I was like, Mm. I was a little bit intrigued. But it's this highly stylized, tall tale, kind of in the line of Paul Bunyan or Johnny Appleseed about this man who like fought the forests to create the city of Cleveland. And um, it's just really funny and quirky um, literary fiction, historical fiction too, but I wouldn't give it to somebody who loved, you know, we were the lucky ones or anything. (laughs) Yeah. Super interesting. I, somebody described it. I think um, Natalie Jenner described it as a mix between a Coen Brothers movie and Faulkner, which (laughs) which kind of feels accurate. And so, yeah, yeah, I just really love this book. It's by Pete Beatty and it's called Cuyahoga. Okay. My next book is Fortune Favors the Dead by Stephen Spotswood. And this was like a feminist Sherlock Holmes novel. I loved it. I think it's the start of a series too, which I'm really excited about. But you get Lillian Pentecost, and this is set in like the 1940s New York. Lillian Pentecost, who's kind of like the Sherlock Holmes of the series, but she is this older woman who is this really great detective, excellent detective skills and reasoning, uh, super clever, but unfortunately is uh, slowly suffering from multiple sclerosis. So she's working through that. But then she gets this assistant who she found uh, as a circus runaway. She was the girl who would like be like on a, on a, a like a, wheel of fortune board and like had knives thrown at her i don't know how else to say that that's perfect i can picture exactly what you're talking about (laughs) thank you um and her assistant is willa jean parker she goes by will parker she's just this funky really tough girl i mean she was a circus runaway so she's got to be cool but they go and like the first one in the series is this very like classic mystery of like someone getting killed and, and they're in a locked room that can only be locked from the inside. Uh, so how did it happen? But it was just so much fun. It was so much fun because I love I love the Sherlock Holmes tropes of this like found family sort of happening. But I think it went a little past Sherlock Holmes where you really saw the friendship between Lillian and Will Parker, which was just lovely. I thought it was so much fun. I also really love New York in any any age between the 20 and 40s. So <laughs> it was great. Highly recommended for mystery lovers. Did you ever read City of Girls? No, I did not. I, By Elizabeth Gilbert. I, yeah, I wondered if you would like that because I forget how much that book is really a love story to New York of a certain era. And I, it's mm. out, I think it'd be outside your genre, but honestly, some of what you just described, it sounds like even a reader of City of Girls might like the book you just recommended. Yeah, it's just a really fun mystery. I think anyone could get into it. Um, okay, my last one is for a very specific audience. It is called This is a Book for People Who Love the Royals by <laughs> Rebecca Stoker. Um, okay, here's what I love. And I think there's consistency to kind of why I love some of these giftable books that are out this season. I've talked before about the book Love is All Around about the Mary Tyler Moore show. And what I like about it is I felt like, especially last year, and maybe I'm wrong, but you guys can, you can tell me if I am. I feel like last year, some giftable books came out that were pretty, but not, uh, but not substantive. So like, 
maybe it was a book about Seinfeld. And I think there was one about Seinfeld called like, yeah, yada, 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 yada. yada, yada. And, yeah. <laughs> and all it had, and it was cute, but it was like a little giftable book. And I think all it had was like the occasional, like it had illustrations and then a quote from the Seinfeld show. Then I don't know. I feel like there were a lot of books like that about TV shows or pop culture or whatever. And I think they're fun and almost make cute little gag gifts. Like if you've got to give like a white elephant gift or something. But what I really like is when a book is cute and beautifully illustrated, but also worth your time. Like, like I just like it to be beautiful and useful. And so the new Mary Tyler Moore Show book I like for that reason. Like it's got really cute illustrations, but it's also all about the Mary Tyler Moore Show. And it's got essays by TV critics, etc. So this is a book for people who love the royals is like the cutest, best little size adorably illustrated it's got a corgi on the front i don't know what more you could ask it's like got a corgi and a tiara and then rebecca stoker the author is a historian and so the book is filled with like the actual history of the royal family it's definitely got pop culture things in there especially about the modern royals and the royals of the modern era but it's also just really interesting. So I think I like it because it's pop culture adjacent and is dealing with the modern royals. But I also think my aunt, who loves the actual history of the British monarchy, would find it equally enjoyable. And I think that's a tough spot to find. Um, Plus, the new season of The Crown is coming out sometime this month, I believe. And so I think... Yeah. The trailer. So I, it looks so good. <laughs> it does look so good. So I think if that is at all appealing, then I think you would find this book to be really enjoyable. So if you've got somebody in your life who's obsessed with the crown, then you should get them. This is a book for people who love the royals. And you could pair it like it's it's an accessible price point too. So I think you could pair it with like a teacup and a tea bag, more than one tea bag, probably would make a nice little gift. Uh, so, anyway, that's my last selection. Before we, we're done, can I make yes. a plug? I just wanted to say there are so, so, so many beautiful children's books and picture books and baby board books up on the website. There are some beautiful, like holiday themed ones that are up under a little category tag for holiday, but also just some really beautiful new picture books that would be awesome for um gifts for little ones browse the website please i was gonna say lucy has been hard at work on the website (laughs) making it browsable um we are specifically working so hard to make that user-friendly for long distance customers or even for local customers who want an easy way to shop and put things on hold or um have things available for curbside pickup so make sure you're shopping the website i'll also put a plug that probably we could have sat here and talked about more books all day long. Like I had a much longer list, but we had a short amount of time. So if you are curious about other books we're recommending for the holiday season, we do have a holiday shopping guide on the front page, front page, (laughs) on the homepage of the website. Um, We'll put a link in the show notes. There's a PDF that you can like print out and, you know, nerd out and highlight and you know, mark up like a catalog. Um, or you can browse it online where Lucy has put all the books from the PDF onto the website. So it's super shoppable. Um, there are so many good books out right now. I think 2020 was actually a really great year for books, but I think we've been distracted because the world does a lot. But if you feel behind in your reading or you aren't sure what to give people, I hope we've made it super easy. So there is a gift guide on the website and hopefully this episode helped too. Thank you guys so much. 
Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in South Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at Bookshelf T-Bill, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website. That's www.bookshelfthomasville.com. A full transcript of today's episode can be found at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com. Special thanks to Tillon and his team at Studio D Production for sound and editing for our transcript and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. This week, I'm reading Admission by Julie Buxbaum. I just need to be reading it all the time. I'm almost done. It's so good. So good. Lucy, what are you reading? I am reading a Pride and Prejudice novel. Annie, we need to talk about it. It's called The Heiress by Molly Greeley. I'm writing it down right now. Oh, Olivia, what about you? I am reading a murder mystery called Marion Lane and the Midnight Murder. It's great. Oh, that's a fun alliteration. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. Oh, if you liked what you heard on today's episode, tell us by leaving a review on iTunes, or if you're so inclined, you can support us on Patreon, where you can hear our staff's weekly new release Tuesday conversations, read full book reviews in our monthly Shelf Life newsletter, follow along as Hunter and I conquer a classic, and receive free media mail shipping on all your online book orders. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you, and we look forward to meeting back here next week.